Welcome to the Osteo Connection, the number one podcast for osteopaths looking to expand their minds and improve their practice. I'm Kevin Longpray. I'm Jason Turnbull. And I'm Dr. Sean Landry. And if you're new here, welcome. This show is dedicated to bridging the gap between your formal education and real-world practice success. Join us every week where we share our combined 50 years of practice experience, talk tips, strategies, and interview rock stars in the business. Welcome back. The OC, everyone. The OC. I'm your host, Kevin Lopray, with Dr. Sean Landry, to my right, and to my left, J-Bone Turnbull, uh, also known as Jason. (laughs) Not Uh, a doctor. (laughs) Far from it. Far from being a doctor. (laughs) Although we're going to question Sean later on that as well, just to make sure he's up to par. Mm -hmm. The oath. Uh, The oath, yeah. Recite it. Right now, Sean. First, do no harm or harm. I don't yeah. know. One or the other. One of those, eh? Yeah, one of those. I think that's... Don't yeah. hurt people. And if you do, just make sure you got good malpractice insurance. Just call it science. <laughs> yeah. Science, exactly. Trial here, baby. All right, boys. So, how you feeling? Good. Everyone's good? Yeah. yeah you're Look, okay today, Jay? Looking, thank you, Russ. Looking good, Jay. Looking thank good. You. For thank those you. of you watching us on YouTube, mm-hmm. you know, check out our subscribe. Check out the channel. Yeah. Click on the notifications, whatever you got to do. Yeah. We are now. Like it. Like share it, it. Share it. Make fun of it. Yeah. All comments <laughs> uh, are welcome. Yeah. Please don't report it. <laughs> yeah. Or... <laughs> uh, Remember Sean or Ken? The camera's yeah. there. You're yeah. staring at the screen here all the time. You're watching. Well, I'm yourself. doing both. I'm just yeah. staring, staring, and sure. staring. Here, we're having a conversation. Yeah. We're having yeah. a conversation. Right? I don't like this thing, by the way. I'll take. I'll take. I'll take care of the audio visuals here. Yeah. Well, my daughter keeps saying I'm short, so that's why I put a telephone book here. <laughs> <laughs> a telephone book. Yeah. That's all yeah. it's good for these yeah. days. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Computer <laughs> monitors and. Height adjustments. We're vertically challenged. Kevin Lomprey. I was going to say beating kids. But <laughs> you can't say that. No. No. If they keep calling you short. So I you never know. Is it? Is we could bring it back. Is it acceptable? Yeah. Depends on the context, I guess. Uh, yeah. No. Never acceptable. <laughs> Just for clarity. If you're not getting our, yeah. our humor. No. Never acceptable. Yeah. Uh, so we're... <laughs> How are you, Kevin? You asked us. How, yeah. are you? How you doing, buddy? Thank you for asking. I really appreciate it. I'm doing really good. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Great weekend. Amazing. Yeah. Why is it so great? Well, well you're uh, cooking. I heard you had a dumpling. Yeah. yeah. That's always a fun thing at the house. We made the made some dumplings, but there's always a lot of cooking activities going on. Mm. Right. Mm. So uh, yeah. So that was fun. Got to do with my my eight year old. She was the uh, she was the your sous chef. She was the sous chef and she loved it. And so she wanted to do it again tonight, but figured dumplings will save it for another day. Right? <laughs> um, so yeah, boys. So uh, we're coming off a week of doing uh, last week, the intuitive podcast. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Trust your intuition. So if you haven't heard that one, uh, go back and listen. Um, it was great. It was a really fun podcast uh, diving into some, in-depth analysis of how uh, one we tried to um, get better at it <laughs> and and things you can do to basically establish a baseline of uh, making that easier in your practice in your life 
uh, and accessing some of these abilities that uh, we've kind of forgotten how to use uh, and trust again. So hence the, the title of last week's was Trusting Your Intuition. Um, this week, what we're going to do is we're going to dive into a little bit of the uh, nuts and bolts of uh, getting into the proper state to have that happen. Uh, so a little bit of the reflection part on building that intuitive side of things. Uh, so we're going dis- to discuss um, in a little more detail some of the routines that we've, uh, we've done to implement that in our practice and life. And talk a little bit about uh, the, the whole game uh, that entails with building that type of uh, muscle. So uh, it's not easy. This is something we do with even our, our, I know, well, myself, I know you guys do as well, is uh, having these discussions even with our clients on uh, having them be more aware. I think the key focus of, of what you'll take away from about today's podcast is building that awareness muscle to how you react to certain things, to um kind of the filters we've built up over time. So, you know, like we're, we're born on this earth and kind of with this open canvas, a blank canvas. And and what happens is all these different things happen and we build all these filters and mechanisms to survive on this planet, uh, emotionally, physically. And then that's how we view the world is through those lenses. And then you get to a certain age and then you start to deconstruct all these well, hopefully, <laughs> you start to deconstruct some of these things to have a clear view of who you really are again. Uh, and then you die. No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's a pretty good way of putting it, though, but honestly... It's, it's a quick summary. No, no. Uh, all these learned behaviors we, we, yeah. we develop over the years. So I think what we could start with is maybe diving into a little bit of uh, maybe personally what you guys have done uh, to get on that track of building a little bit more intuition. Cause I know it's kind of hard when we come out of school, like we mentioned last time you're, you're coming out of school, you're, you're really into doing a lot of technique and more cerebral intellectual type uh, focus with your client. And then you start to notice hopefully with time that there's a lot more to it than just the, the nuts and bolts of the mechanics. And you start to have more of a dialogue with your patient. And, and if you're not, and you're listening to this, hopefully this can help you too to open the door to looking at something like that and see the benefit to having a, a more broad approach to treating a, a patient. Um, so Jay, with with you, what, what would be some of the things that um, maybe pushed you into uh, going f- from maybe more of a mechanical approach to to looking at a broader, broader view of, of your patient? Sure. Um, well, I'll kind of link it back to when I was an athletic therapist before I became an osteopath. Right? I got into osteo when I was treating as an AT and, you know, treating something stuck in someone's pelvis. Let's say they're coming in, they te- I test them, they leave, everything's good, they come back in, it's there again. And then kind of going down that rabbit hole, like always like the same things coming back over and over again, thinking, oof, I can't spend the next 40 years doing this. So got into osteo, which was great. Um, but then as I got into treating osteopathically for a while, I started to realize like, yes, this, it gave me all kinds of different tools in my toolbox. And, and that was, that was fine and dandy, but, um, you can certainly get roadblocks there too. Right. So I occasionally found that roadblock too. Well, why am I not kind of getting that? Or what is this? Why am I not? Why is this person not responding the way they should be? And I think you said it right, Kev. Initially we, 
you know, we, we learn all these techniques, we learn all the, you know, the, the methodology, if you will, and we go through it and it's, and it's fine, but we get in that, I was still kind of stuck in that testing regime. So it wasn't until I really started to trust myself and really gain more confidence in myself by working on myself first to go down that path. Um, and in, in more ways than one. So, you know, I was always into exercise and all that kind of stuff, but I wasn't as much into taking time to self-reflect um, you know, whether it's through meditation or journaling, all these things we can talk about. I just, I didn't really carve out the time for myself. I was busy. I was busy in school. I was busy at home, had a young family and, and just was kind of caught in that game myself, to be honest with you. And then it wasn't until I it was a bit more established where I realized, you know, I'm missing the boat here. Some of these teachers I had that I really looked up to their ability to connect and, and be, like, and to get to different places on someone's body was not through testing. And I knew that, mm-hmm. but I hadn't really carved up that time in my office to get there. So, and it took a bit of a mind frame switch for me too, because I'm sure you hear this, Sean, sometimes, and sometimes I can still struggle with it. I love talking abs and sports and stuff with people, but in order to really make the connection that, that I need and that my client deserves, I've got to be more, I had to assert myself and say, there's time for that, but there's other times where I need to be more focused. Mm-hmm. And I found that, uh, I remember being, I wonder how certain clients are, gonna, are going to respond to that, but they loved it. And I, I really think that that was a big switch for me is having the confidence to kind of almost change what I was doing a little bit mm-hmm. to become a little bit more holistic, if you want to call it that way, was really what I needed to do. I knew I needed to get there and I just needed to, A, put the time in myself to make myself feel centered, to be more receptive, to get treated, all that kind of stuff to, to get there. Um, but then really having that conversation with my client and saying, okay, you know, I need a few minutes. I need to, and they, you know, quiet right down. And, and then, and then they, they ask questions like they always did. They used to ask from a mechanical perspective. Now they're asking, well, how'd you get here? And why am I doing this? And I, I find it's just honestly, like as much as Osteo opened the doors after just being an AT, well then actually developing your skills as an osteo compared to when you first start is like another awakening on itself. Yeah, yeah. So that's how I really started to notice and really had that desire to, to get to that next level. Yeah. How about you, Sean? So it's interesting. <clears throat> just before I jump in, uh, Jay, when I listen to that, I just, the, I hear experience, right? So, mm. um, you know, and, and really taking the time to listen to the patient and be attentive to their needs. Right. Yeah. And, and cause you're right. It, I do the same thing. I fall into that same, you know, surface level stuff initially and we all do that you know how you doing what's going on that's how you make a connection too how you make a right? connection so right? so it's all easy it's easy it right? is easy and it's part of the it's part of you know, building right. relationships right i should say easy i should say it's familiar and comfortable it's natural for for me anyway and you yeah. like it's just that's just it's natural to like you're reading somewhere sure. and so you're yeah you're finding common ground and this is what we teach right yeah, so yeah. You, you're finding common ground but um which is part of the whole process, right? We're not taking anything away from it. But you're right. There is a time when, you know, in that, you know, in, in the framework of the of the session, when you can actually, you know, if you, you want to, you can actually just zero in and focus on them and really tap into to all of the senses we, we talked about before. Mm. Um, you know, the sixth sense, the, you know, all of your senses. So using your hands to... to to feel and hear, uh, listening to their body language, listening to the the words that they're saying, how they're describing it, asking, asking questions, you know, uh, us asking when we talk about the Southern Sutherland questions, right. But asking those questions, 
um, and then getting the feedback, being still being present to get the feedback. And same for me, Jay, it, it took time. It took time before I was aware of that. Um, it didn't, you know, it, it evolves. The practice evolves. Your practice evolves. Um, you're right. There's ton, uh, as you go through your career, you, you see a lot of these, these seeds are planted and then, um, and then you have to live it and you have to experience it in order for them to be like, Oh, okay. Right. So, um, you know, the practitioner I was, I am now compared to what I was five years ago compared to what I was 10 years ago is drastically different. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the human, the, you know, look at the life experiences we've all gone through exactly. and I think you have to live it. So I'll throw this one over to Kev, but, um, you don't know what you don't know. So, <laughs> uh, so accepting the process, I, I, you know, that allowing the process, I should say to happen, uh, is a very key uh, point you're bringing up, Sean and Jay, you said the same thing. Um, starting, starting out for sure. You got to go with what, uh, you know, you're, you've just learned, uh, and start to explore the waters. So I think the 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 whole theme of what we're talking about today is how do you navigate through all that to allow for some expansion of self to to give you better access to providing the right space for people to heal so it comes down to exactly what you're saying it comes down to uh, going through the trials of uh working in this profession seeing how it works with applying the concepts of all the mechanics in school and all, all the stuff we've learned for uh, five years of, of schooling. Uh, and then naturally realizing that there's so much more by dialoguing with the patient, by uh, getting to know them better and understanding what works and what doesn't. And then at that point, having the key concept of having something on the side to allow yourself that openness, to have that awareness to what could come next? What could I do next to improve how I'm seeing the patient, what I'm receiving from the patient and how I'm going to treat them, mm. you know? <clears throat> so I think a lot of it uh, is like what you guys described is like you come out of school and it's so different than, uh, you know, 10 years down the line, you know, you're not looking at things the same way because you've seen so many people and you start to realize there's, there's perhaps so much more to it, but unless you've live that you don't really know that it's it's nice for someone to tell you that and then oh yeah maybe you should try this maybe you should try that but it is this process you have to go through now the the quicker you can or the more that open you can be about it um the smoother the transition into something uh more expansive on that front so that you can have better tools in the toolbox to assess a situation with someone so I think it is, uh, like you said, like a, uh, honoring that process and just enjoying that ride is so important because otherwise we're, we're always thinking there's something bigger, better that's in front of us that we're never going to get to. Which is pretty much the theme of this podcast. Yeah, right? yeah exactly. Mm -hmm. So then maybe we can dive into, uh, like both of you mentioned, you said there are some things that helped you along the way mm. to tap into some of these uh, uh different abilities to help you in the treatment room. So what are some of these things that uh, you guys, uh, I know Jason, you mentioned some uh, self-reflection, yep. um, some changing mindset. Exactly, I think it's twofold. I and mean, there's things you know you can do individually at home before you 
you know, to, to work on yourself, right? I think that's the biggest thing for all of us is, is taking the time to work for yourself. Uh, anyone who's listening that has young children, uh, or when you, at least when you first start a family, that time gets a little less and less. So, but then it became the importance of carving out time regardless, right? So you can make excuses for, you know, my kids are older, but I'm still busy all the time. So mm. that excuse only lasts for so long. You still have to carve that time out. So there's certainly things you can do at home that will help you get there, help you get there faster, right? Because you need to then use those same principles at home and bring them to work for you. Mm. So things I did you know, home or more, like I've always been a big exercise, but really exercising, you know, initially we all do exercise for physical benefits, right? But quickly realized that the mental part is equally, if not bigger, uh, uh, of, of importance. So just carving out time for exercise all the time and just doing the things that made sure I felt better at work. So getting enough sleep at night, um, any any mindfulness stuff, you can do meditation and all that kind of stuff can help uh, no matter where you're coming from. Um, and then clinically, when I'm in the practice, it's about how do I how do I prepare myself for each new client coming in? So I think I shared this last time. For me, it's big in between clients. You know, we run client after client. I see usually five people consecutive in the morning and a few in the afternoon after lunch break. It's I had to develop a routine that I knew that I could be at my best for myself, but more importantly, at my best for the client coming in. So quickly between clients, I get some water, do some deep breaths, kind of recenter myself. Takes 30 seconds maybe, but just so I know when I walk in that door, I'm just... I'm kind of like new chapter, right? You're someone new, fresh face, and 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 almost like in receptive mode. I just feel like that's the best way I can explain it. Like by being more prepared, I'm I'm ready to walk in and and receive, and and that's really what I try to do between every client is make sure that I'm giving my best as best I can. And listen, Sean, you kind of mentioned earlier, we're not always ideal, right? But we're trying to be the best we can be, and um, and I think by by being aware of that and by carving out something in your work day that has a routine that fits for you and, and, and the work environment you, that you've created is very important to 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 being able to expand and, and grow in your practice. Mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna piggyback right off that, Jay. Sure. I think, um, yeah, you you know, it's, it's hard to be present, it's hard to be creative, it's hard to work on these uh, kind of the sixth sense sort of things if your house is on fire, right? So it's definitely taking care of the basics and uh, we, we all know how busy life can be, but, um, you know, I always think of that story, right? The, uh, the Mahatma Gandhi story, right? Where, uh, we, we took, we talked about it in our, um, in our course there, the MBO, but where, you know, this young woman is really upset with her son. So she walks across India to see Gandhi uh, in hopes that Gandhi would help this young boy stop eating sugar, right? And um, so they do this big trek, they get there and, and Gandhi meets with the mother and the boy and he says, come back in a few weeks. And they're, they're all, you know, kind of, she's, she's a little bit upset, bewildered. So she takes off and, you know, does the trek home, turns around, comes back. And now, you know, months, you know, weeks, months have gone by and she's frustrated. And finally she gets another meeting with Gandhi and Gandhi looks at the young boy and says, I think you should stop eating sugar. And the, and the mother said, the mother gets upset and she says, why didn't you tell him that last time we were here? You know, that's what I asked for. And he said, because a few weeks ago, ma'am, I was still eating sugar. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's living the basic principles, right? So if you are, are truly connected with, uh, with who you're meant to be, who you are, who you're becoming, then you do these things, um, because they're part of your core values 
And so you're right, Jay, you, you, you know, you, you, you get sleep, right? You, mm-hmm. you drink water, exactly. you exercise, um, because when the foundation is, is solid, then you have time for, to be present, right? Uh, and it could, it could be all sorts of things, right? Financial security, right? So even when we look at, you know, I was reading a book on the chakra system, but it, it goes through that, like security, um, the, the, the ability to, you know, take care of yourself, right? Uh, is exactly um, that, right? So you got to take care of yourself. Uh, you have to mother thyself in order for the higher things that come, right? So, uh, and that, you know, being fully present. Some people can do it though. Some people can, you know, and, and all, you know, power to you. And we've been there before. I can, I can do it once in a while, but I know I can do it a lot better when things are taken care of, you know, when I make my bed in the morning. So it's funny. But when, I, when I do my little routine, that gets me in the zone or that, that allows me to be conscious, that allows me to be connected, um, you know, being present with my kids. Um, because yeah, when you're distracted, sometimes I like to use the exercise of like putting on different hats, right? So like changing, you know, changing the roles that, that I have throughout the day. And I find that division or that boundary, you know, if I come home and, you know, as I walk in the door, now I'm, I'm dad, right? And uh, I can be fully present in that moment. When I'm here, uh, I can be fully present as a, as, you know, let's say it, as uh, someone who helps people, a healer, is that what they call it? Yeah, sure. Um, but having these boundaries and knowing when to put those different hats on and, yeah. and, and Flip has really helped me. Um, you know, I joke, like I don't give, I'm not the best. Kelly tries to get treatments at home and I'm, I'm definitely not in my healing mm. element. Right. Mm. And, uh, so being aware, being aware of that. So yeah, it's, it's taking care of the basics and it happens over time. You start with one thing and you see if it works with you. Does it connect with who you are? Does it connect with your core values? And you keep doing it. And if you, you know, if you, like I say, if you, if you feel the benefits, um, tap into that, keep doing more of it and then layer something else on, you know, if you can handle it, right. If, if life's not too hectic and now you want to add something else to the mix and you can, and it makes you feel better and you see the value in it and it, and, and it keeps you aligned with who you, who you are. And so journaling, right. I've, I've, I, you know, I've layered these things on over the years, but not, I've, this year I dove back into journaling, right. Last year I got back into meditation, but I was off for, for a while. And then we did our course and I was like, well, can't teach something I'm not doing. So mm. got back into meditation and all of these little things, these mindful practices, they help you, um, to hone your osteopathic skills, hone your therapy skills, because it's, it's very, it's all similar, you know, whether we're talking presence and awareness and, and, um, in your personal life and, or your business life, your, your, you know, your practice life, it's all the same thing. I like what you're you're saying about every uh, what you bring to every situation. That's something I wanted to bring up. So, so some tips for people too is uh, to try and use every opportunity in life uh, as a, an opportunity to to be more aware of what energy you're bringing to that situation, what energy you're bringing to the treatment room when you're going to treat someone, what energy are you bringing when you get home with your kids. Uh, so it's important to be aware of that to really. Uh, avoid getting in a situation where you're going to get pulled in and be more reactive, let's say. So the whole point here is uh, building awareness to be able to, to notice things and be more present in that moment so that you can uh, 
be more um, of uh, someone that can hold the right space for whoever needs it, including yourself. So I think this is such a key uh, element to the, the situation. Some of the things that can get in the way that uh, are pretty familiar are roadblocks like uh, the fear, like Jay mentioned before. So the fear of, uh, let's say, in the treatment room. Uh, I know early on in my career too was that was that was fear that uh, how are they going to respond to me discussing something more mind body related versus just talking body. Uh, there's uh, trusting our ability, you know, uh, second guessing ourselves on that front. All these things get in the way of the clarity of the message we're getting to to uh, deliver uh, a better treatment to our clients and to be more present for everyone else in our lives. This is a very important process. So, so those are uh, certain things that can get in the way for sure. Um, and I think the game, it's important to talk about the game. We talked about it a little bit. When I say the game of, of uh, building awareness, it's like, it, it really is, um, you start to notice like it's easy to intellectualize a lot of these things and say, uh, oh yeah, all right, I gotta be more present and, and, and talk about uh, uh, these types of things with my clients, but then until you feel it, it's like anything else, you need to go through that experience to actually be able to do it properly and to do it from the right space and deliver that, um, the energy needed for that situation, right? So I think it's uh, important to say that it is a difficult process to go through. Like it's, Dispenza always used to talk about, Dr. Joe Dispenza used to talk about going through the river of change and how difficult it was to pass through that current of going from one particular mindset to a new one. So this is the process of doing self-reflection is being aware of certain behaviors we have, uh, how we maybe don't want those anymore. And what are the new ones that I want? And then being in a situation where that triggers us to behave like this old uh, uh, reactionary behavior uh, and to catch it and to change it is, you know, it's a lot of work. Hmm. It's well, first you have to be aware of having a growth mindset and then you have to believe that it's going to happen. Right. Yeah. And that only happens with consistency and routine and, yeah. and, and putting yourself out there. for sure. Really? So I'm sure you guys have struggled with that. Like I know I have like that, that there's been certain things and, and I, I'd like to talk about this more cause I know the, what, like I was telling someone this morning cause they were talking about a particular, um, uh, um, you know, problem they were having with somebody and they're saying, oh, I still get triggered by it. Hmm. And I said, well, okay. I said, you still get triggered by, it, but what did you do? She said, well, you know, I was able to catch myself and, and actually I answered in a different way. I go, I go, so that's amazing. I go, that's very different than the explosion that you used to get. Mm -hmm. I go, so look how much better you are now. I so, so it still triggers you because, you know, it's probably an old pattern that's still inside you that, but now you're able to see it and you're able to change it. I said, so it's going to get less and less difficult to kind of wipe that out and not have it. That's right. Because, because the previous reaction would probably generate more of a response from the other yeah. individual, which would keep feeling that yeah. as well. Right. So there's oh, two yeah. ways like that. Exactly. Yeah. The triggering, right. The triggering. If you stop igniting the trigger, then the triggers not, will maybe not trigger as often either. Right? Exactly. So, yeah. You respect it and you let it go. Um, but it's, you're right because the, you know, the trigger then usually entices us to lash out, right? Yeah. To defend. I, I personally, I get that for, that's one of my things. I, I get defensive, you know, I don't so even know why, why. Let's, let's talk I don't about even that. know why I'm doing it. You know, it's you, don't. Like, you know, 
Yeah. To be right. It's to be right. right? Ultimately, I think, right? No one likes to be be wrong. Yeah. So, or told that you're wrong. So then you, you, yeah, you initiate. Because I guess, I guess normally, like if you're being attacked on something or you have the perception you're being attacked, it's one, because either you're doing something in their view that isn't right. Mm. So we take offense to that. And and the word you just use, it's not even, you're not even, we're not even, you're not even being attacked, right? Right. Someone's just bringing something up, right? So yeah, yeah. That, that's my big one. You know, that For I, sure. Yeah, that I, I get that. struggle with uh, and I'm aware of uh, yeah. and, you know, trying to, to work on it. So, but it is the awareness. It's, yeah. and, and it, you know, you might have a thousand more chances to, to become aware <laughs> of that situation that is causing that, that visceral reaction, right? It's that, you know, uh, that book, we talked about it briefly last week, but it's such a great read. Um, the, un, the untethered soul. And, uh, he describes it so well as just, you know, we've all felt it just, it's this closing of the heart or this opening of the heart. Yeah. And it's, it's, it can be, and we've all felt it, right. You know, and you know, you're in a good mood and someone says something that, kind of like yeah gets you somewhere right it's yeah. that thorn in your side and right away you constrict yeah you yeah. feel the constriction so it's interesting yeah. so he says you you need to make a pact just to yourself to never let it close that's a great point so yeah. so the complete opposite of yeah. expansion yeah, yeah right so the whole point of this and this whole thing is to avoid us constricting mm-hmm. which gives us less of a a connection to who we really are, less of a connection to who we're trying to work with. Yeah, less less radiance, less attraction, less yeah. everything. Yeah. You're, you're becoming a, a shell of who you really so are. More resistance it. in the way of of what we really want to be. Right? Mm-hmm. A smile and an open heart. So okay, so why don't we? Uh, I don't know how far along we are here. So so in living in your heart. Yeah. Over okay. 20, so we're twenty nine minutes. So we, we got. So we can wrap I, it up. I think in order in order to do that. So yeah. the whole point of, of living in the heart, I think, is um, to use those examples. So like when something triggers us, is to to you know to not look at that as a failure because that is really just okay. Now I'm noticing my autopilot program here. Mm-hmm. So let's sit in it, and and just sit in that sensation, mm-hmm. and let it pass yeah and just realize it's just a reaction Hmm. it is an old reaction so the more you do that the more you can allow that sensation or that energy block to dissolve Hmm. creating more clarity and more space for that expansion right yeah if you're a parent if you're a parent you can see this with your with kids with young kids right so if you tell them to stop crying right doesn't work (laughs) you gotta add another 20 minutes yeah yeah. So I've, uh, yeah, that, that sometimes is easier said than done, but it's true. You just, you know, you acknowledge your comfort, love and whatever they're feeling, the uncomfortable feeling or whatever they, you know, they're the emotion that they're allowing to pass through them. Right. But if you tell, you know, even ask if we tell them to now stop crying and it, you, they, they can bottle it up too. But, um, that's basically the process. It's like, and it's harder to do as you get more ingrained in, in in these habits and patterns. It's harder to sit there and acknowledge. And the reason why it's hard to is because it is painful, right? So that feeling, right, when you close the heart, it is painful. Um, but it's just temporary. Right? Well, so. the more you get used to working on yourself and working on centering yourself and breathing or whatever you may do, mm-hmm. you'll 
you'll recognize it more, mm-hmm. more often. You'll be able to get into it faster and not let it build. It's when it builds strength from time and, and, and ignorance and just arrogance from not dealing with it, that it's hard. You'll be less afraid of it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe we should say that that's how you see in your clients is the ultimate service you can do for your clients as well. For someone who comes in and, you know, you're on their head and they're not even living in their body, you can tell that that's someone who's not living in their heart, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why we do that heart frontal technique yeah. to bring them back in. But that is a hugely important technique to do <laughs> when we're talking about treating like osteopaths, whether they're here for whatever, upper back pain, if they're not living in their own body and they've got no access to, to their heart, to their heart center, really, yeah. you know, you can manipulate T3 all you want, yeah. but until you get to the root of that and introduce them to that concept, this is where I would struggle 10, 12 years ago, right? When you're yeah. not getting into that, that dialogue and mm-hmm. not getting into why that keeps coming back. That's, that's what we want to offer our clients. So we have to know how to do it on ourselves first, mm-hmm. but ultimately it's about being able to then bring them along for that ride and, and help them, you know, live optimally again and get back to where they need to be. One thing you said was interesting, like yeah. the, the... One thing. Well, for now. Half interesting for now. There are some good things. <laughs> no, no. No, it's because when you said you, when you close the heart, it's painful. I'd almost argue when you close the heart, it's actually to avoid the pain. pain. Exactly. Yeah. It's protective. That's yeah. what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I just yeah. wanted to be clear on it because, so for sure, because quite often what happens is when you start to open the heart. It's painful. That's the pain what, comes yeah. in. Yeah. I, I agree. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. But when, it's so funny, and then when you finally face that. It's temporary. Yeah, you it's, finally face that, you see how temporary it is, and the the release after is just fantastic. You mm-hmm. know? So there is something to the, you. there is no easy way to avoid this, uh, to avoid a situation or to go around it. it. It really is to go through it, experience it, mm allow the body to dissolve it uh, and that's it because like we were talking with Jay the other day uh, Jason Logan mm-hmm. um, about that that most traumas are literally in the naturally are in the body for 30 to 60 seconds and the fact that we hold on to it and harbor it for decades mm-hmm. locks it in and it never leaves it's crazy so if we actually just experienced it it would dissolve and it would be gone yeah like the kid crying and getting over it. Yeah. Because yeah. ultimately they know how to do it. That's right. We don't. And the reason we ask them to stop is because it's getting in our way. It's our comfortable you're time. Time. You're it's time. Time. Yeah. Oh, geez. It's, yeah. So, uh, this was good, boys. Um, we could probably, we could probably, one of, probably one of the biggest tools, so one of the biggest tools just to, is, is that carving time for reflection. Yeah. Whether that's through meditation, you know, to be aware um, of, all that, you know, all, all those thoughts that are going through your mind, right? Which are, you know, to be the observer and see those for what they are and let them pass. Yeah. Um, or the actual active process of that, the journaling. Yeah. Or the, again, just sitting and... Letting, helping to dissolve. Helping to, disso- to dissolve these things. Yeah. Um, to, you know, to, to, we talked about the mindfulness, which is like the karmic uh, meditation, which is just being present, you know. I like that one. That one was Ram Dass, you know. Are you hurrying up through everything so that you could sit and meditate or are you just letting everything you do be meditation right so are you actually fully involved in washing the dishes shoveling the snow you know i i was i was doing that last night where i was like oh i gotta go outside and shovel and then when i was out there i was like oh my god this is beautiful right it was exercise it was meditation it was the stars were shining 
um, you know, then I, I got the rink going, watering the rink. It was like the most peaceful moments of my day, but they should all be like that, right? You know, even in the chaos, you can find uh, that peace and that, that clarity and laugh at how chaotic it is, right? That's when you said you, when you didn't make your bed in the morning, how it made a difference. That's in Peterson's book, right? 12 Rules for Life. It's one of his early chapters or yeah. something like that. Um, you know, uh, clean your room, something like Think if you haven't cleaned your own room, then who are you to walk in the world and think you can make uh, order out of chaos, right? Like mm-hmm. it starts with your own bedroom, yeah. clean that up, and then so, you can move forward. So, so the reflection, the bird's yeah. eye view, right? Stand up tall and and look down at where you're at, and and then from that perspective, you can you can make some changes. Right? You're always striving to improve. Yeah, can be your body, exercise, whatever, mindfulness, nutrition. It, the more you can optimize and continue to try to improve and, and get better in all aspects of life mm. it's going to bring you closer and closer to, to who you really are right yeah. and what you can give off to this world and doing this this is going to help you with your relationships right your relationship with yourself your relationship with your your family and your friends and those closest to you and your relationship with your patients right yeah so in business right this like we say all these things that you know you're your personal development precedes your professional development, and it's going to make you a better osteopath, a better therapist, um, a better partner, right? So, awesome. All right, everyone. So I hope you, you enjoyed today. I, I What we might do is I'm going to add a hard focus meditation in the show notes so that you guys can link to that uh, to give that a try just to try and get in the right state. Mm. Um, maybe I'll throw in that Ram Dass one as well. Okay. There's a good Ram Dass one that uh, I often send a patient, so I'll, I'll put both of those on there. Um, if copyrights allow us to, but yeah, are we allowed to? <laughs> I'm sure we are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, link to it for sure. Yeah, show notes, we'll figure it out. Yeah, and uh, so for more information, you guys can find us uh, osteomentorship.com. This is the Osteo Connection, so we are now on YouTube. Uh, and the normal podcast uh, venues. Uh, and Leave us a review. It. Click like, yeah. share. Please share, share a friend. Let us know. Notifications also, for any topics you guys want to hear about. Uh, Comments we, we might listen to. Uh, we might not. Relationship <laughs> advice, stuff like that. We're all <laughs> and, <laughs> and what do you guys do yeah. to uh, to live in your heart? You know, let us know in the comments below. Um, and we will see you next week. Awesome. Peace. Ciao. Thanks for checking out this episode. We hope you learned something. Or not. And if you haven't already, subscribe here to the Osteo Connection wherever you're listening. And hey, it would mean the world to us if you would rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts. And if you're still listening at this point, thanks, Mom. And if you're offended how much we've made fun of Jason, tune in next week and be sure to share with a friend.